Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. now for The Drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis here on a Tuesday broadcasting live from our friends here at CYL, their infrared studio here where they've got the individual infrared saunas and the uh, infrared lymphatic roller as well for sort of deep tissue massage and that sort of thing. I did a 30-minute session in the infrared sauna. It's an individual one, but they've got couples ones uh, as well. Uh, and, it, man, you want a – my heart was pounding. Uh, by the end, in a good way. It feels like, hey, I'm getting a good workout in here with just laying there. It was uh, fantastic, and I'm as energetic as can be. I was talking with uh, Andrew a little bit earlier when we were here. He did the uh, the roller because his hip was bothering him. He said, just wait. When you get home tonight, you will sleep like crazy. You will sleep like crazy. Uh, and I hope that that is, uh, that is true. So CYL is the name of the place, CYL. Uh, and you can check them out, CYLInfraredStudio.com. They've got different membership packages where you can take advantage of both uh, the uh, – the sauna and the uh, the infrared uh, lymphatic roller as well, and just feel better, just feel a lot better, a lot more energetic uh, by doing so. Check them out. Can't recommend this uh, to you highly uh, enough. The phone lines we've opened them eighty one fifty ninety three nine thirty eight thirty one ninety three nine for the UPS jobs text line. A texter said, "If we want to win, we have to fight." Kenny saying that that was a quote from uh, Kenny Griever. Uh, it would be funny. Zach, if, if Kenny actually meant fight, right? Like that would make this a lot more entertaining. Like actually go out and fight people, we like have to punch fight. people. There you, yeah. yeah, he's like, the only way we can win is if we fight. You know what? I mean, they've tried just about every other strategy. Why not try that one? Yeah, don't laugh at it, right? You can't no, rule it out. No. It's, it, it couldn't go worse. <laughs> it really couldn't. I mean, you know, let's just go ahead and get the other team's best players out. Maybe not necessarily the worst move. It's like the scene in Little Big League where – uh, Billy goes up to bat or whatever, and they're like, oh, they realize he's not all that good at baseball or whatever. They're, Just try to get hit by the pitch. <laughs> Phone lines, they are open, 8150-939. I had uh, said in the beginning of the show here, uh, I know that we have are all uh, re- reacting to our guy Trilly Donovan uh, tweeting out a picture earlier, uh, an update, on the Louisville situation after January 11th. Can you all recall that, uh, look, I don't know who Trilly Donovan is. I don't know who Bring Brom Home is. And we're going to talk about like half the, for like half the show, which is great. Uh, but you get, uh, he tweeted this out back on January 11th, so three weeks ago or so. And it was a four blocker of pictures uh, of Chris Beard, Eric Musselman, Jerome Tang, and Mick Cronin. And earlier today, he tweeted the exact same thing out, only the Mick Cronin block was blacked out. Basically, uh, seemingly sort of indicating, hey, Mick Cronin is is out uh, of consideration. But I was more surprised to see the Chris Beard in there. And I, the only thing – well, one of the things I want to really drive home to everybody is I think Josh – uh, is pretty remarkable in his ability to keep his own and others' mouths shut. Uh, it does not make our job easy at all to try and you know lead discussions about this or, or break news or any of that sort of thing. So a lot of times you're you really having to try and figure some things out indirectly. And so Trilly Donovan's information is, is most likely coming from the coach's side or the coach agent side 
uh, because I don't think Josh is out there spilling uh, his plans to anybody and anyone who's like, I just talked to to Josh and Junior, and uh, these are the guys. There, there is not a chance in the world that that happened or is happening. In fact, I I I had people tell me that he didn't even share really like large details of the coaching search that ultimately resulted in hiring Kenny with with the entire senior staff. That there was a real concerted effort to keep that thing tight, uh, and I don't expect this one to go any differently. And it will agonize everybody, uh, but I just don't expect there to be a whole lot of leaks uh, out there. But I wanted to to get issue the invitation. Uh, to try and change my mind about Chris Beard, uh, I would if I was Louisville, I wouldn't do that. For the same reasons that Tyler just articulated, and you can go back and listen to it. Uh, I I hope they don't do that, uh, but if they do, I hope that there's a, a just a, an over-explaining of what happens, uh, of what they did, of what happened there, uh, to the extent that they can. Uh, but I've been deeply troubled uh, by some of the arguments that I've heard from some folks. Something like this. Uh, well, UK or Carolina or somebody, they, if we don't hire him, they, they would hire him. One, I don't think that that's true. But two, I don't care. I do not care what another school would do because like, I only care about what happens here. I only care. Look, I only care about this place and what happens here and what the people here are doing. And I three, I would just add to that, since when did we want to be like them? Like I've, That has always irritated the, the heck out of me. Uh, and I've been very bothered by the degree to which people just brush it off like it's nothing. Now, if you want to maintain this isn't uh, – this shouldn't be a deal breaker, they should do their homework, they should talk to him, and if they're comfortable with it, go for it. Okay, that's a, I don't agree with that, but there's I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, and so I don't want anyone to walk away from this thinking that I've been categorically opposed to it, or or don't think that there's any reason why they would consider it. What I have been categorically opposed to are the people who just dismiss it as not important, and perhaps even worse, say. That that makes them like him even more. Uh, there's to me, there's really no place for that sort of thing. And you're you're letting sports, I think, you sort of rob you of at least being able to maintain some of your humanity. I mean, these are humans here. And in the Chris Beard's case, let's not forget, and this is a part that I just I don't ever hear anybody ever bring up: the share a facility with a women's basketball team. You think it matters to them who the men's coach is and players that are in there and the attitude around them? I think it does. I think it's important. Now, if you feel like you could uh, address it and assuage people's fears or, or worries or concerns about it, that's probably a different conversation. But the only other thing that I wanted to add uh, to that, I've listened to uh, Jeff Goodman, who he's had a day uh, the last couple of days, <laughs> the last 24 hours uh, or so. Uh, but I listened uh, to uh, just a quick blurb uh, with him. I think he was on with, with, uh, with Nick Coffey. Uh, so I'm even mentioning my competition just to show you how valid I think this is. Said that he, he thought that, look, he's a great coach. He would do well here at Louisville, all that sort of thing. But he brought up something that really you almost never hear people talk about. We talk about job fit all the time. Rarely talk about it at, in terms of the person and where they live. But he said he thought Louisville wasn't a great place for Chris Beard. Not that Louisville, uh, that he's not a good coach or wouldn't do well here, but that it's he's thrived in some a little bit off the the beaten path kinds of places, and that it really whatever you think happened at Texas, he didn't handle that well at all, and that a place like Texas Tech, Lubbock, that's a lot different than Austin, and he didn't handle the the limelight and the uh, the fame and all that sort of thing there especially well at all. Uh, and, and didn't replicate what he did at Texas Tech there. And I I think Louisville's a lot more like Austin than it is Lubbock or any of the other places that he was uh, as a coach. I, 
I've not heard anyone bring that up. And Zach, I, I feel like that's a legitimately good point and a good concern to have that like maybe this isn't the best place for him and that maybe that's something you ought to be able to figure out pretty quickly in this process. Yeah, environment absolutely matters. Louisville, as you said, is a lot more like Austin than Lubbock. I don't think there's any doubt about that, being in a bigger city, bigger market. And let's be real, he wasn't exactly tearing it up at Texas. He was good, but he certainly wasn't exactly dominating the way he was at Texas Tech when he took him in the national championship game. I'm more on the side of I would bring him in, I would interview him, I would talk to him, I I would do my due diligence. I wouldn't just outright say absolutely not I don't want Chris Beard or absolutely I want Chris Beard here tomorrow I want to talk to him I want to do my homework I think Louisville should offer that courtesy now I don't know if I would feel totally comfortable with making him my number one choice exactly because of all the reasons you just mentioned but I think they would be doing themselves I don't know if this service is the right word but if they don't at least throw their hat in the ring or at least figure out if he's the right fit for the job then I don't know if they're doing the right thing. But I think the the location is a point that nobody's really talked about. And there are just some coaches that are better coaching at smaller markets than they are at large markets, and there's nothing wrong with that. Maybe he's one of those guys because coaching at Ole Miss is a lot different than coaching at Louisville. A hundred percent. And I think that that matters, and especially in this coaching search for Louisville that's uh, that will commence at some point in the near future here, uh, you would have to think – just just an overall feeling of fitting will matter more than it ever has uh, after the way things have gone uh, with Kenny and, and with Chris Mack back to back i don't i don't really know what they can even necessarily do uh, about that but i would think that overall fit is going to feel like far more important in this coaching search than it has i think in any of the others and, and i just feel like that's a part of it that there aren't coaches He's not so much better than everybody else that that sort of thing is worth glossing over to me. No, I I completely agree. He's not a grand slam home run hire that if you get him, you're winning multiple national championships. I I think there are other coaches on this search that are certainly as good, if not better, than Chris Beard that you don't have to overlook some certain things. Let's get uh, Brandon uh, in here. Kick things off here. Brandon, welcome into the drive. What's up, bud? Hello, guys. Uh, first yeah, of all, my three, my three for the job would be uh, Jerome Tang, Dustin May, and uh, Eric Musselman. And I kind of agree with you guys. Normally, I'm I'm the type of guy that's like, I really don't care what my coaches are doing. I just want to win. And that's that's just the way I am. But normally, I'm even though I'm like that, with all the things that we've kind of went through in the last over the last decade and how we're looked at, I would rather not be looked at and have that kind of image. I have I have two children, you know, thinking of them and them having to deal with, you know, kind of being a fan of an outlaw program. I don't really appreciate that very much. Um, and I kind of agree with you guys. You know, it's, it's one thing just to talk to him and kind of see where things stand and everything, but I don't know about whether I would offer the job to him. And also another thing, as far as Nolan Smith goes, I think your uh, partner there may have mentioned him. We don't want Nolan Smith, okay? Get him out of here. He can leave with the rest of them. Uh, that's that's done. That's water under the bridge. We don't want him. We don't need him. But other than that, guys, you are having a great, great discussion, and thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. It, boy, it's funny to, to hear him end that with uh, the Nolan Smith stuff. I, I think you could probably make a case. Uh, look, he's less responsible. We hear from him less. It's probably uh, it's fair to Kenny the criticism that he gets. It, it maybe is not fair to Nolan uh, the criticism that maybe he would he gets for how the team is because he is just an assistant. But then there's been a lot more of just sort of like the trolley kind of stuff uh, from him. But is it? Could we at least debate that he's been more of a disappointment than Kenny? Yeah, you could certainly could. for different reasons. Yeah, because he was top assistant at Duke of course you have the whole recruiting background with John Shire and all that kind of stuff and when you bring a guy like that in and of course his dad's a legend here you're expecting him to be one of the top assistants and maybe in line to get a head coaching job somewhere at some point and that's clearly not the trajectory that he's going down and he's not a bigger disappointment than KP because it's hard to be a bigger disappointment as an assistant than the head guy but in his own way you could make the argument that he's been as disappointing as KP yeah in kind of a different way I think yeah, that's uh, that's where. But interesting to hear him uh, 
uh, say that. And, and I, I don't know. Look, there's just for, for the sake of a clean slate alone, there's really, I don't think that there would be any value in maintaining anybody uh, that's been around men's basketball right now, uh, except for like Zach, like, right? Like no, nobody on the floor. We can stick with the SID. We like Zach. Yeah, he's good. We he can keep him. Yeah, he does a good job. But, but in terms of coaches, yeah, I could certainly understand why you'd want to just like a completely and totally clean break uh, there. And as, I don't expect uh, that anyone would be kept. There's, there's, gosh, I mean, Satterfield was imminently more uh, successful, and they kept one coach, right? Just Mark Ivy. That was it, right? Uh, and yeah, a couple of uh, support staff who really predated even him. Uh, but I would suspect whoever the next coaches will come in with all of his own people, uh, and he will be supported uh, handsomely. I would think. Alex, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, you buddy. Know, honestly, uh, this is why I listen to your show because in <clears throat> Mark Mark Blankenbaker pushes um, Chris Beard a lot. I mean, that that's his guy. He really likes him, but. His, I think the last time I heard him talk about it, his ending argument was, well, if you don't get them, then you know the boys down the street are going to get them. I don't care. Like, I don't yeah. I don't want to hire a coach because I'm afraid Kentucky is going to get him or, or some other program. You know, but, but, his, but that was what his complaint was. Well, you, you might have a moral compass, but Kentucky doesn't. They're going to continue on, win program or whatever. And I'm just like, that, that's not a good enough argument. I'm exactly where you are. We had Chris Mag, who I thought was a good X's and O's coach, but Louisville was was I think was too big of a program for him. I, I don't think he really won. I don't think he really liked the, you know, he wanted to be a Louisville coach, but he still wanted to, I don't know, to do like normal things. You know, he didn't like the the everyday being a coach every single day. Every time he gets seen out in public, I don't think he enjoyed that. You know, the, the pressure that came with that. And then we get <clears throat> Coach KP, who. Fantastic recruiter, but thought he would take on the pressure of being a Louisville coach, and he's done an absolutely horrible job. Like, if 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 anything between these two coaches, what it has taught me is what you just said—a fit. I want a coach that is that is okay. Kind of, I kind of like Jeff Brom. Like, he feels the pressure of wanting the pressure of being one of the first families football families of Louisville, like he feels that pressure of wanting to win. And that doesn't make him hide in a corner. That doesn't make him, you know, spend months and months at a lake house and not recruit. That makes him go out and recruit hard. You know, I, I, I want a coach that feels that pressure, and then that pushes them to greatness, not makes them afraid uh, to, you know, to want to take a step outside. So, but thank you, guys. I'll listen. Appreciate it, uh, Alex. That is, I, I think that is a, a good, interesting point about feeling the pressure because you are locally invested, which is something that Kenny and Jeff theoretically share. That, you know, this being their own alma mater should add that little extra element of it. And with Jeff, he talks about it and you, you see him uh, at everything. I mean, he was at the North. Well, he was at the. He was on at our, the Virginia. Was it the Virginia game or the North Carolina? He was on the uh, Wake Forest. Or he was on the road anyway. I think it was North uh, Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. He's like he's been at road basketball games. He was at TBT. You know, he's been all over the place uh, at these things and talked about the fact that hey, this is my home team. Uh, it matters to me as just like a person, you know, and my family and that sort of thing as much as it does as being the coach and and that it spurs him on to more, not not sort of. Uh, taking that sort of thing for granted and look whether Kenny has ever intended to give people that feeling or not he has uh and the the hiding uh the the avoiding of kind of the uh, the public eye uh, has not gone over well and it's just it's antithetical to the whole place and yeah I would think fit just overall demeanor fit is going to matter more than it ever has. And it's probably one of the reasons why Trilly Donovan's uh, tracing through and covering over uh, uh, Mick Cronin. I don't know how you could look at Mick in sort of like a day-to-day the way he's handled this challenging season uh, at UCLA and, and say like, yeah, that's it. That's gonna, that's what people want. Uh, and I think Mick is a better coach than my jokes over the years have really led on. 
but he hasn't done to me. He hasn't done himself any favors with the way he's handling the first real downturn since he's been at UCLA. No, I, I Mick Cronin. I don't know if he's the personality type for Louisville to begin with. I mean, he's kind of a gruff guy, and what we've seen out of him at UCLA, he's been solid, but not spectacular. Like I don't think he's knocking anybody's socks off with what he's done at Cincinnati and at UCLA. If he comes here, it's a good hire, but it's not a great hire. But I, Louis talked about this before. Are Louisville fans prepared for an under the radar kind of guy, or are we at the point if it's not Scott Drew, if it's not some fan section of the fan base wants Chris Beard, if it's not one of those guys, are people just going to be disappointed, or if they get an under the radar guy like the Indiana State coach that he's brought up a couple of times, are they willing to be patient and say, you know what, let's see what, how this turns out? after going through the Kenny Payne experiment for the last two years? You know, boy, this is the, the great question. And, you know, Louie and I discussed this a, a little bit this morning uh, about candidates and, and who's the best fit and what Josh should be looking for. And, you know, lately I have felt more and more like this next hire needs to be a star. Uh, that 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 person – and what I mean by that is I think more than being like an established star – uh, what I don't want is a hint of insecurity. And I'm not asking for the coach to, to not be a human, but I want him to display supreme confidence in what he's doing uh, and, and just command the things we've, the, day, the word Dave and I have used so often, command that he knows exactly what he's doing, that he has a plan, he has experience, he's prepared for these things. Uh, very detailed, all that sort of thing. But really that he's he is just magnetic as a person. I think we're going to need that, uh, especially sort of up front. And that's why I'm not really sure that kind of a workmanlike candidate would would win people over. But what I really want more than anything is for Josh to hire who Josh wants. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. I, if you Whoever you think it is, Stand up for it this time, right? Like if, if, if Kenny wasn't what you would have done, maybe entirely on your own because you were an interim and all that sort of thing, even though I think you probably would have. This time, whoever you feel like is your guy, do it. And, and then tell us why. And let it be obvious, whoever that person is. Uh, and then convince us and then let him convince us with his, with his actual work after that. But I, more than anything, I just want – to be able to say with certainty, okay, this time it is exactly who you wanted so that the results are his to live with, good or bad. Yeah, I think that's, that's a what great point. Yep. Clarity. Let's get uh, Jay in here next. Jay, welcome to the drive, buddy. What's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, man. Hey, so, yeah, I, I mean, in a sense, I, I want, you know, Josh to hire, you know, who who he wants. But I, I, in a sense, I also want to make sure that he's doing all his due diligence and hire the right person because he can't go through two three more years and it'd be like you know a bad hire i mean it's just been long enough for that but like i say you'll never know until it actually starts and I, i'm even not opposed to even like some of the smaller names guys as long as you know we can see a pattern of those guys you know using the portal a lot you know and because i think college basketball has kind of transitioned to that you know more on success is you know you you need to be able to recruit but you need to be able to recruit to the portal like uh, a lot of people they give you know they won't give max you know credit for that year that he retained like wara and you know rick rick's guys but in a sense he still had to recruit them back so, uh, a guy that basically can recruit in the portal, and then also a guy that has, you know, that has that fire, you know, that's that's really wanting to get into the coach. I mean, not into the coach, but get into the the players when when you know and hold them accountable. So that's that's kind of one of the more of the things that that I'm looking at is more, um, you know, you kind of want somebody that's been proven. To an extent, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to, to someone that hasn't, you know, 100% been, you know, proven. But like I say, it, it also needs to be a window where we're looking at 
as well. Not not you know a four four win for their next season and you know six for the next you know type type window. You know we just I just don't think the fan base along with just not even just the fan base here. I'm just talking about college basketball overall. As Louisville was always viewed as one of the powerhouse schools, you know, it, it, it just needs to be updated, you know, to 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 actually win it. I mean, I just don't don't see you know any way on not. I mean, whatever it takes. I mean, if it's a money thing, you know, we may have to go in a hole. I mean, but you have to make the right hire basketball wise because Louisville has always been considered you know, a basketball school. And it just so happens to be a benefit that, you know, the football program is, you know, is better now, you know, and the women's basketball program has always been up in the baseball, is always up in volleyball. But like every program is doing great except, you know, men's basketball, which when you think of Louisville athletics, the first person someone out of town is going to think of is Louisville basketball. Yeah. But now – you know, it's just I, 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 from my list standpoint, I would go with you know a beard. I would I wouldn't actually say over anyone because I think Beard does, you know, he does have that that passion and that fire. And I, I mean, I like it with Musselman. Like say, even when he Me had too. his shirt, I like Musselman a lot. Like that. Um, you know, but uh, it's just one of them things where I think the guys that truly Donovan put. You know, on that list, you know, any of those coaches I would be ecstatic with. And, you know, I like Dusty May also. But, like I say, we you don't know how Dusty May is going to do on the big stage. And then he yeah. could turn around and just totally kill it. Just like Arizona's assistant coach when, you know, I'm sorry, not Arizona, Gonzaga's assistant coach when he went to Arizona. It's just, um, you know, he would be a good candidate as well. But I, you know, I tell you, I doubt he leaves Arizona. But you know, that that is the type that we're looking at to get this program back. It's like say, you go anywhere, any other state, when you think of Louisville athletics, you're thinking of Louisville basketball, and it just so happens that we've been down so bad the last few years. You know, people just doesn't look at it like that. So they have to be responsible for trying to get that that brand built back up. Appreciate uh, the call there, Jay. Thank you. Yeah, look, I, without question, uh, re- rebuilding uh, this brand, uh, and I think importantly, like framing it as future-facing uh, is vitally important. Uh, instead of it framing it like, hey, we got to get back to something, got to get better. got to get good in the way that teams are good now, in the way that we do college basketball now. Uh, I want to hit uh, Tom really quickly, and then we need to take a break so we can talk uh, with Jeff Wall. So, so, Tom, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? Hey, man. Hey, I just wanted to say you hit it right on the head. Josh needs to hire who Josh wants to hire, who who uh, interviews the best and the best candidate, whether it's Calvin Sansom, which I kind of really would love. Uh, uh, Boy, he's good, anybody, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, that's someone that, that's right below the tier par five. You know, and and uh, and and come in and 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 you'll be a home run just like Rick was with uh, with Tom. You know, but uh, the alumni has had their say. You know, uh, I, I kind of was a Kenny. You know, one Kenny, and and what a big mistake, man. I mean, I love the guy to death, but what a big mistake. So yeah. he just got to go in and hire the best candidate. Get back to. You know, L one C one four. You know, it's got it's got to go, man. We get we got to get back on the gravy train again. You know. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you so much uh, for the call there. Yeah, and uh, a texture brings up UConn as a great, uh, like kind of recent example where they fell off the absolute cliff uh, with Kevin Ollie. They win the championship and then fall apart, uh, and it took Danny Hurley a little bit of time, but they got better right away. You know, and I, and I think that look, I don't know how Kenny will handle the end of this. Uh, but I hope that he's not outraged. Uh, and I certainly hope that he doesn't feel like he got some sort of unfair treatment. Uh, it, it's There are no coaches who survive really anywhere, but especially at a place like here, who take over at a place and, not, and, and don't improve the team at anything. 
and he hasn't. He's had a lot of time. And it's add everything else uh, to it. Uh, it's the case is closed. I think at this point, uh, but that doesn't mean that the next person won't be able to come in and make this thing a lot better, a lot faster. Cause I don't have any doubts about that. All right. We're going to take a quick break uh, out here again at our friends with our friends at CYL sauna uh, studio out here where they've got uh, the infrared sauna. They've got the uh, infrared lymphatic roller uh, for sort of deep tissue muscle stuff. It's wonderful. Can't recommend it to you uh, enough here. I'm doing the second half of the show standing up because I just don't feel like sitting down anymore. That's how sort of energized I feel. But we're going to take a quick break here. Come back. We'll talk with a basketball coach who's pretty freaking good at this. Jeff Walls on the other side here. On the drive when I find the ball. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis out here, again, at CYL Sauna Studio out here. Can't recommend this uh, to you highly enough. Also can't recommend this guy highly enough uh, to you, and that is Jeff Walls. He is the head coach of the Louisville women's basketball team coming off another win, this one over Pitt, 77-58. Jeff, had a loss, and you've bounced back with two wins. Uh, Your thoughts on how they've handled that and how they maybe processed the loss and then played it forward into the next two games. How do you feel like the team sort of handled that? I think we've had, we've handled it well. I mean, you know, it was obviously a tough loss at Carolina. We had our chances. Uh, I thought played well during stretches of, of the game, but we, 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 we just had too many lapses where, as I like to explain to our kids, you know, we go from playing at like a, a 90 to 95, and instead of dropping down to an 80 or 85, we drop down to a 60. And all of a sudden, somebody goes on a 12-2 run. And, you know, when you're playing really good teams, that's all it takes is one little run like that. And then you're just scraping and battling to get back into the game. And then you need everything to go right. And, unfortunately, you know, we cut the lead to six, got fouled, missed five straight free throws. Um, and that was the ball game in, in, in the last minute. But I thought we've really bounced back. We've we took care of business last week here at home in games you have to win. And now we play Thursday night against a really, really good Syracuse team that's already played Notre Dame twice and beat them twice. And they're at seven and two in the league and we're, and we're seven and one. So it should be a great ball game Thursday night. Yeah, Syracuse has bounced back, you know, as a program after so sort of everything that's gone that went down, you know, up there with the controversy with the coach and all of that. They're back, and and you've got games coming up here, Jeff, against a top twenty-five Syracuse and a top five NC State and a top fifteen Notre Dame, and then Syracuse again in the next four games. Uh, do you even prepare for them as a stretch of tough games, or is it just the proverbial coach cliche, one game at a time kind of thing? Well, I mean, it's not that I, I wouldn't call it the coach cliche; it's just reality. You know, like I can't be worrying about NC State on Monday. I've got, I've got a top top twenty five team in here uh, on Thursday. It, it, it's one of the things I, I take a lot of pride in for the fact that, you know, before we play somebody, I let them know, like, hey, this team's good. They're okay. They're not great, but you still got to show up and compete. You got to play hard. You got to execute, or they can make it an interesting game. Do I think they can beat us? No. Now. Going at Thursday night's game with Syracuse, I flat out told them they're good. They're really good, and if we don't play well, there's a good chance we can lose the game. Because I want them to know. I, I don't want to coach players that, you know, every team you play is supposedly good. Well, then they stop believing in what you're saying. So I, I like to be honest, and I've told them, I said, you know, it is a month here where it's a gauntlet. You've, you've got to be prepared, win or lose. You, you've got to you know, soak that game in. After Thursday night, we've got to soak it in for a few hours. Win, great, lose, uh, whatever. And then we got to get prepared for Monday's game. And then you get Monday, NC State on the road. And then you come back with a Notre Dame team that just went up to UConn and won on Thursday the 8th. So it's a, 
it, it, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's it's why you do it. It's why you came here to play because we play in a great league. Jeff, can I just go back to the, the very beginning or the early part of what you said there, where you're saying, "Hey, I want to be. I'm honest with the team about the opponent and that sort of thing." But it seems like you got to have an awful lot of trust in them to ever tell them anything other than this team is like the Lakers or something. Like you, it seems like you've got to have some trust in them to tell them, "Hey." This is not the best team in the world, but they—if we don't take care of business, they can still beat us. Like that's—I don't know if every coach would trust every team with that sort of assessment of a team. Well, I, the, the way I look at this, and I have since I've been here, you know, you're right. But if I want them to trust me, I've got hmm. to trust them. Okay. So it goes two ways, you know, because if you keep blowing smoke up the rear end, oh, this team's great, this team's really good, and, and you go out and you win by thirty. So all of a sudden you play a Syracuse who is really good, they're going to be like, well, you know, the effort I gave last game, it should, it should be good, good enough since that team was good too, and we won by 25. <laughs> so that's why I do it. And we have built a, a program here, and, you know, that I, I think I can pretty much trust them to know that the effort you gave Sunday not going to quite be good enough. Thursday night. We've got to clean things up. And I've liked the way we responded uh, today in practice. We'll have the opportunity to, to prepare again tomorrow and then we tip it up on Thursday. What are those things uh, that that you're you're harping on about tightening up? Uh, this is that time of year. I know it's you want to start rounding into what you're going to be you know, come the postseason. So where are those things that, that Jeff Walls is harping on at practice that you need to tighten up? Well, I, I think for us right right now, we have to do a better job of – we cut our turnovers down, but the problem is we'll, we'll, we'll turn it over in bunches. You know, we had 11 turnovers in the Carolina game, but we had four in a four-minute stretch. That's what we've got to cut, to, to cut down on. I'm fine with 11 turnovers in a game. But, you know, you, you, they, they have to be spread out. You can't throw them all in a three-minute stretch and then expect to survive. So, you know, we have to work on that. Uh, I, I'm really pleased with how we're sharing the basketball. Uh, it, it's my 29th year of coaching, my, my 17th as a head coach. And, you know, I'm looking at our field goal percentage, what we're shooting as individuals in conference play. And I've got my leading score at like 48%, and it's 55, 54, 52, 50, 51, 57, 53, 71. I've, I've only got two players shooting under 40%. It's pretty remarkable. And that's one of, one of the things we keep talking about because we take good shots and we're unselfish. And because we have somebody that can score, we're harder to guard. Now, we've got to continue to do a better job of field goal percentage defense. We've got to make it harder for our opponents to score. So we've got to make them take tougher shots. That's one of the things that we've talked about. And on Thursday, for those of you that can come out, uh, you're, you're, you're going to be in for a treat. Uh, Syracuse has one of the best guards, not only in, in, in our league, but in the country. She's averaging over, uh, over 20 points a game. Uh, she's shooting it at about 40%, 38% from three, and we're going to have our hands full. So it's going to be an entertaining game of uh, are we going to be able to impose our will on them or are they going to impose those theirs on us? So I'm expecting a great basketball game, and I'm hoping we can get 10, 10 to 12,000 out there Thursday night. Uh, Jeff, I'm just, this is just kind of curious about you as a coach. Where do you... Is there anywhere, either in you know something philosophical like with the way your team plays or how you do co- practice or, or whatever, where you, where you feel like you've really changed a lot over the years? Not necessarily even improved, but just like you've come to see it that you should do something a different way. I've gotten softer. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, I'm mean, uh, good or bad. It's just you you you, you can't you can't coach the way I did when I first got, got the job here. I, I was more demanding. I was tougher. Uh, I held him to an extremely high standard. I, we still hold him to a high standard, but it's just in a different way. I've got to be more 
you know, pat them on the back. You're, you're going to be okay. Instead of just telling them, Hey, here's how things are done. Get it fixed. Hmm. So I've had to change in that way. And I think some for the good and some, and some for the bad. Um, you know, I, I won't say who, but it was really interesting because one of our parents came in uh, this past weekend for these last two home games and the mom and dad, I was sitting there, they were watching our practice and, you know, the mom was like, you know, I told my husband, this, this is not the same Coach Walls that we sent our daughter to. You're way nicer. You're too soft. <laughs> I mean, and when the parents said, I'm like, you know what? Your daughter can take it. Your daughter thrives on being pushed and challenged to be the best. But unfortunately, not everybody you can coach the same way now. Uh, so, yeah, so, that, so that's probably the biggest adjustment that I've had to make. Now, there are some things that I will not budge on you know how we behave and how we interact in the community uh those 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 are things i'm not going to change the standards that we have and that's why we've been able to continue to have the fans and the support that we have because we not only win basketball games but i'm telling you our young ladies are wonderful ambassadors to our university and and our city we're talking with Jeff Walls uh, here. Jeff, what's the, uh, the the handling the arc of a season, knowing that the look whether anybody likes it or not, the tournaments, the uh, conference tournament, the NCAA tournament, they matter more than anything else, and they are how we remember and judge everybody, whether anyone likes it or not. You haven't struggled with that, but how do you, broadly speaking, just sort of budget like uh, handling a whole season with players so that you, they're not burned out, they're not worn out or anything like that, and that you've still got something left, or some buttons left to push come tournament time? Well, no, that that's really important. And I'll be honest with you, uh, it's the NCAA tournament that matters. Hmm. Uh, you can say co- conference tournament, that's great. Of course, we're out there to compete to win a regular season title and a conference ch- championship. But at the end of the day, it's what have you done for me in the NCAA tournament. You know, you can look at, at, at Purdue men. You know, that unbelievable. They win the regular season conference championship and got upset. And it's what a terrible year. So well, I didn't think their year last year was all that bad. But it's because of the NCAA, the, the, the tournament result. So for me, it, it's something that you have to balance. I mean, I'm not trying to kill our kids. I understand this in, in February here, it is a huge stretch of games for us. We've got number 21, number 5, number 14, number tw- 21 again, and we're at Boston College, and we play Virginia Tech, who's ranked in the top 15. It's just a, a list of them. And you can't get too high, and you can't get to, uh, to, uh, too low. So for me, it's like I, w- I want to make sure that we are – pushing them to an extent to where we're getting the best out of them. We're getting them to believe they can do more than they can. But at the same time, we're not pushing them too hard because once we find out on Selection Sunday who we're playing, that's when I put the pedal down. That's when I, I, I get about five days of practice because our tournament starts after the men. And we are pedal to the metal, and I'm pushing them. And for hopefully three and a half, four weeks, I'm pushing them harder than I did all season long. But I can do it because I have enough gas left in the tank. A lot of coaches, when I watch, they push them so hard in February that by the time it gets to March, their kids are burnt out. So for me, I mean, it's not a recipe that, you know, it's written down. It's more of a feel for the players you have. And uh, it's worked for us. So we're going to keep trying to – to do things the way we have, but and then hopefully we we can win that last uh, that 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 last game in April. Uh, Jeff, I'll, I'll let you get out of here on this. Did you send uh, Did you send your friend Sam a uh, congratulatory text last night? You know what I did. I, I actually talked talked talk to Sam this morning. What a great mm-hmm. job! I did not get to watch the game. I saw the last four minutes because I had a radio show myself last night but just thrilled for for coach Purcell and his staff you know Michelle Clark heard who was a part of my first Hmm. staff here is on staff with him uh uh, John Carnes's son our compliance director's son is down there's a GA Tony Dukes is a GA or he's on staff he worked here 
So there, there's a lot of uh, of staff that you know were tied into us here at Louisville, and what what a great job Sam did last night in that ball game. Um, it's fun. I mean, that's why you play the game. It's why it's what makes March Madness and college basketball so much fun. Is whoever plays the best that night is going to win. It's not the best of seven. It's not the best of five. You just have to win one game, and that's why we love this time of year. Jeff, we appreciate it. Louisville's got uh, tomorrow uh, coming up here. You've got this stretch, this crazy stretch of games uh, with Syracuse on Thursday, excuse me, NC State, Notre Dame, uh, and then Syracuse again. Good luck with that. Thank you so much for making time for us like you always do, man. We appreciate it. I sure appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right. Jeff Walls, again, Thursday at 7 at the Yum Center against Syracuse. Uh, I don't know that he has ever even hesitated to answer a question I've thrown at him. What'd you think of that? Him saying I'm I'm uh, easier than uh, than I used to be on him. I'm nicer than I used to be. Yeah, that's kind of a recurring theme for coaches as they get older. But I mean, I, I would like to know what Walls was like back in the day. If this is what the version of Jeff Walls we're getting, and I mean, he connects with his players perfectly well, and he, he's he gets it. You, you can't say the same about the, the other basketball coach. Jeff Walls just flat out gets it. He does. Uh, you're all the way uh, right about that. I, I think it's pretty funny. I wonder if he really is any nicer, right? Like maybe it seems like it to him, but I wonder if we talk to the players, if they would be like, oh, yeah, he's totally more mellow than he <laughs> I wonder if they would if they would uh, back up what he's saying uh, there. Uh, Probably depends on the day. Yeah, or the player. Yeah, sir. Depends on how the previous game went. I do uh, it, look. I'm not interested in just doing like constant sort of uh, picking on Kenny, but man, it was nice to just sort of ask about the postseason and getting a team ready for the postseason and the art and science of managing a whole team, you know, over the course of a season, especially when only the end is what really matters and all that we remember. One thing I have always liked about Jeff is he has just leaned into it and what i mean by that like just in terms of being judged by how the tournament goes instead of trying to like fight that he's just like i guess i'll just have to be really good in the tournament yeah i i like coaches that are honest i like guys that don't do quote unquote coach speak walls understands that their entire season is based around how they do in the tournament as he, he brought the purdue example up and that's the perfect one where they won the regular season title won the conference tournament no one gives a damn because they lost to Fairleigh Dickinson in the first round of the NCAA tournament. We've seen teams that don't do much in the regular season go on and make the Final Four. The tournament's ultimately what matters, and Walls always seems prepared for just about anything anybody asks him. Nobody has to ask him if they're making adjustments. Nobody has to ask him, you know, do you guys have a high basketball IQ? Because we just see it on the floor every night, and he always seems prepared for whatever anybody throws his way, either the opposing coach or media members. Yeah, he look. He is. I love. It. I would like the men's basketball coach to have virtually all of the traits of Jeff Walls uh, in terms of X's and O's ability, uh, his ability to deal with players, uh, the feeling, the willingness, and need to sell the program, you know, and be a promoter for it. And it's look. It's not the same for the men and the women. Whether anyone likes it or not, it's not. Uh, that job is a little easier in terms of the promotion side, but we see what happens when it's neglected entirely. Uh, that's a contributing factor to things uh, around here. And by the way, when Louisville just uh, I just want us to remember all of this when we're not dealing with it so much anymore. But like when the women's team has like a tough stretch, no one freaks out and calls for Jeff to get fired. No. And the reason for that is that ultimately he fixes it every time, but in the interim, we never hear that stuff because he's built up an unbelievable amount of personal goodwill. Like you've heard from him. You've heard him talk about what's bad about his team. You've heard him talk about what he's concerned about his team, what's got to get better, what has to change. And you've heard him say, here's what I have to do about it. And you've heard him call our show every week from airports and from the seat on the team bus. And uh, I'm missing practice today to go watch a, a high school prospect play in Minnesota today on a Wednesday, but I'm still calling in. And it's, I think it's everyone being aware of like how his mind works. 
and then having the experience of him deliver on what he's talked about in all these appearances and such, it, he gets a lot of leeway from people because of the work that he puts in and the connection that gets made. And it was always a mistake for Kenny to, to forsake all of that. I have full confidence in Walls. If, if Louisville's women's team ever has a three-game losing streak in the middle of the season, I have full confidence that he is going to study enough film and he is going to get the message through to his players. This is what's working. This is not is what's not working. And the messaging that he has about, you know, he doesn't say, I tried to tell them this, they're not doing this. I, it's, I need to get better. I need to communicate better. I need to watch more film. I need to make sure these guys are ready to play. That's the messaging that we get from Jeff Walls that we don't get from the men's program. And that's why Jeff Walls every year is in the Elite Eight or the Final Four and has a chance because, I mean, that's why we can ask about the postseason. We know they're going to be there. We know where they're going to be. We know that they're going to be probably the second weekend, worst case, and then we'll see what happens going forward. 38-31-93-9 for the uh, UPS Jobs text line. I do promise uh, I will tell you, uh, or I will ask Jeff next time. It just slipped my mind this time. If I, I was going to ask him if he's ever heard Steve call. Uh, because obviously everyone says that the two of them sound the same. Oh yeah, yep. I, know and I would about. love it. You know, like for me when we are doing the show, and then we throw to commercial, and like the first commercial break would be one that I've voiced, and I I will just eject my headphones because I hate my my own voice, hate it. Uh, and I'm but I'm always a little confused for like a millisecond because it's like I know I'm not talking, but I'm definitely hearing me talk, and it messes with you a little bit. And I wonder if Jeff ever gets that when Steve calls in. What do you think? Yeah, ask him that next time because I can see where to. you're coming from. Yeah, they sound very similar. All right, we're going to open up the phones for you guys on the other side out here again. CYL Sauna Studios here where they've got the infrared sauna. Oh, different colors, by the way, for different effects, but it all works. I did the red today, and it is working. It worked instantly, and it is still working. Check them out. Uh, can't recommend it to you highly enough at all. CYLInfraredStudio.com and then just slash Louisville because they've got locations uh, in several places. Fantastic. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, the NCAA still exists, and they may have picked the wrong fight this time. Uh, we'll talk about that on the other side here on The Drive on Thunderville. Be right back. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. 